John 17. John 17 and the first few verses here. And I'm going to put you on mute. I forgot to mute you all. So, uh, there we go. In verse 1, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son may glorify thee. And I want us to pay particular attention to glory and glorify. Uh, the word glory and glorify here means to render glorious. So to make it apparent. So Jesus is praying, glorify me that I may glorify you. And I've said this before, if you think of, of Jesus in the natural sense, you would say, how could he glorify God more than he already has? You know, because he walked the earth, he healed the sick, he uh, raised the dead, he uh, died upon the cross. Everything that he did, you would say, how could, he, how could this be even possible? If you could, if you consider it, and I made a comment last week that what happens here is the work of Christ, Christ himself, Christ embodied in his work or the work of Christ embodied in him, maybe is the better way of saying that, ascended into the divine presence. So until his work went into the divine presence, you and I couldn't enter into it. There was no access. And then the access we have into it is in him. So we don't have access into the divine presence separate from him. It's in him. That's why the whole business in our Bible of in Christ is so big and used so often because their access into the presence of God is in him. And just, just to repeat in our minds, before Jesus came on the earth, was crucified and raised from the dead, the relationship of God the knowledge of God was according to the natural. Okay? Does that make sense? Our knowledge of God would have been according to the natural. And that's where a lot of man's knowledge of God is at, is according to the natural. That's, that's how they see God, is, is how the, you know, God gave us rain for our crops, so we have good crops, or God bless my finances. God, you, you know, gave me a new car. And that's where, where people, you, you know, they associate God with good things. 
Sometimes they associate him with bad things. You know, according to the mentality of people, you're dealing with the mentality of people. But to, but to uh, associate our relationship with God as believers, it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus is saying. Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory that I have with thee before the world was, in order to render himself glorious to us. Because otherwise, we would, we would look at the Lord Jesus and what we would call glorious is, and they were, so don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. We would call it glorious only the work he did when he walked the earth. We, we would just look back and we would call that glorious, and it was. But, but the power of the gospel the power of the transforming life of Christ is that the work of the Lord Jesus is in the spirit and by being in the spirit is made manifest to you and I. That's the power of the good news is that he is rendered glorious to you and me by the spirit of God. So our union with God is according to the work of Christ. See, we have no other union with God outside of the work of Christ. And that's, that's what the Lord is really dealing with me in my heart, is, is we have no other union. We don't have another relationship with God, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. And so, so everything, you know, as we get into this Feast of Tabernacles, everything defined there is, is really a summing up of him, is, is, is the fullness of him in you and I, in our fellowship in that fullness, but it's the fullness of him. And, and that's, that's the light of this thing. See, Second Corinthians, we were in it last night. I was going to read some other scriptures here in John 17, so we may turn back there. But Second Corinthians, verse, or we were in it last week. I think it said last night. You may have been there last night too. But last week deals with the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Light. And, and I want that to grab our heart's light of Jesus Christ. And if you look at 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 Corinthians 4, you have the light of Moses on one hand in 2 Corinthians 3. Go back to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 15. It says, but unto this day, whensoever Moses is read, a veil is upon their heart. Or actually, if you go back a few verses, Moses put a veil on his, on his face that the children of Israel could not look upon the face of Moses with a glory that was passing away. So they couldn't look upon the face of Moses with the glory that was passing away, the glory of of the law, okay? 
What does that all mean? Well, it could simply mean this, that they couldn't understand even the glory of the law. They couldn't see the fullness of the glory of the law. They couldn't, so it was veiled away from them that the that I believe the fullness of, of even the law is Christ himself, that he come under the law. But we have a unveiled face of the Lord Jesus. Jesus doesn't have a veil on his face to hide his glory. So he's not like Moses hiding his glory. Moses hid his glory or the glory of God that was upon his face for the brightness of it. Would the glory of Christ is shining, the Bible says, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. You, you know, and this goes back to Jesus saying, Father, I finished the work. Glorify me with thine own self that I may glorify you. Because, because it's only in the light of the knowledge of Jesus Christ that the glory of God is made known in our hearts. Okay? So, so the light of the knowledge of him, and, and, and let me give you an example of this, just, just a simple example. In the law, if I'm under the law, I know I'm unrighteous because the law declares. Okay. It actually shows me my helplessness in myself that I can never measure up to God. I'm inadequate. That's what the law really shows me. So it has a judgment in it. And the judgment it conveys to man is you're inadequate. You can't measure up. You're not righteous. You're, you're incomplete. All right. That's a judgment of the law. But now let's go to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, the light of the knowledge of Christ is you are righteous. You have measured up. You are complete. So, so see the different understanding, the different light that's here. See, it's not the light of the old covenant that's shining. It's now the light of Christ that's shining in our heart that's showing the complete work that he's done. And in that complete work that he's done, as Apostle Paul writes, you are made complete in him. And see, only the light of that will transform your heart that you can really believe that. Because Christians, believers who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, people that have believed on the Lord, received the Lord, many Christians do not believe they're the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, why don't they? The Bible tells them so. Well, why don't they believe the Bible told me so? Because the light of the knowledge of it has to shine in their heart. So, so once that light shines, once the heart turns to light, if they're a believer, I would say the light's already shining in their heart, 
The issue is the heart hasn't turned to see the light. The issue isn't the light. <laughs> because the transforming light is shining. The issue is the heart. See, see, if God is light, and he is, the Bible, Bible says he's light. And the Bible says that we are changed through this glorious light of Christ. We're transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord through beholding the face of the Lord. And, and if you look at Jesus' face in, in the book of Matthew, it says that his face shine as the sun. Now, I wrote down a, a note about this uh, as I was looking at this today. His face shine as sun and, and something just kind of dealing with my, my mind with that statement. How much light comes out of the natural sun? Can you measure it? Can all the science in the world measure the light that comes out of the sun? Probably not. It's exceedingly above and beyond measurement. So, so when they compare Jesus' face to the light of the, of the sun, consider, just consider that statement. His face did shine as the sun. Now, light that exceeds all understanding is shining in our hearts. And that's my belief, even what the veil represented, is nothing of man, of man could approach into this light. So the high priest had to enter in there without and he couldn't enter in in the old covenant without blood, which we've talked about almost every week, which was speaking of death to the first man. Because you're going to enter into this place of light in the new man. You're not going to enter into this place of light in the old man. And that's why the death had to take place. And that's why the comprehension of death has to come into the heart because, because the light and understanding of this new creation is the Lord Jesus himself. He's the light of the city. You find that in the book of Revelation. God and the Lamb is the light of the city. So the understanding that I walk in in this city is not the understanding of the of the earth or natural man, but it's the understanding of the heavenly man who is Christ, right? So I'm now walking in an understanding of a new man. And, and the challenge of that to my heart, you, you know, this is something I personally went through, is I tried to get a hold of it as much as I could. For years. Okay. I, I've, and, I, and I'm not saying we shouldn't seek it. I, I believe with all my heart that that's what we should seek. But I think it's like, it's like the new birth. We receive the new birth. 
But what you get in the new birth comes from God. It doesn't come from you. All right? So as much as you might try to rebirth yourself, you can't do it. He has to birth you into Christ. It's a sovereign work of the Spirit of God. Now you receive the Lord, and in the receiving of the Lord, that sovereign work happens. You, your, your heart becomes willing to receive him. And see, this is the same, same action in light and revelation of the Lord. The heart has to turn to where, where you really are receiving nothing of yourself. And that's, and that's one of the hardest places to come to. You, you know, there's no need of the light of the sun because there's nothing of the first man visible here. It's the transforming light of the Lord. And it's shining in your heart to give the understanding of him. See, this is what we're getting in salvation is the understanding of him. See, we think salvation is, is all about the understanding of us. And, and somewhere, somewhere God, I believe, is going to reprogram program our mind with that and say, no, the salvation is the understanding of him. And now when I get a hold of that, I'm included in him. But the measure of my salvation isn't my inclusion. The measure of my salvation is just him. And somewhere my heart became okay with that. It really did. Because I, I, I began to realize there's nothing greater than him. And if I'm included in him, that's good enough. So, so if I know him, if, I, if I'm just in a pursuit for the rest of my days in the earth of knowing the Lord and bringing a people into knowing the Lord, in whatever measure of his greatness he appears in me as, that's good enough for me. Now, I mean that. Because if I know anything else, it ain't, it's rubbish. <laughs> and that's, that's part of this business of the turning of the heart. Because the heart wants to turn back and find, you know, and I battled this in myself for years. Something of me surely was good enough. It's kind of like Abraham with Ishmael. Something the Lord has to be good enough that you can accept Ishmael. And God says, no, I ain't accepting none of it. <laughs> he, he just, you, you, you know, and, and in the natural, uh, most of us are, are uh, if not all of us, are fathers, mothers, and, and so forth. And, and, and you sit and you look at that, and if you try to naturalize that in the natural you, you know, that just blows you away. 
But when you see it from a spiritual context that he was, God was dealing with the spiritual in his dealing with Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael, you see the, the truth of this, that, that the reality of, of Isaac was the Lord Jesus Christ. That everything God said there never came to light to Jesus came to light. And now you realize that what God was saying wasn't that he thought just Ishmael was this terrible human being and Isaac was this great human being. <laughs> he was looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was ministering in the earth according to his son which he's brought forth in us, in which God himself has come to dwell in us in Christ. Summing up all things in him. And the beauty is he sums up you and I in him. So the measurement of righteousness is Christ himself. That's our right standing with God. If you take righteousness as a judgment, a verdict, and that's that's part of the definition of the word righteousness. The verdict of you and I is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our verdict. The verdict is not you and I. See, because if the verdict was you and I, we would still be under the law. And we would still be trying to attain righteousness that we've been freely given in the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, that's light and understanding. When, when you start talking about light and understanding, sometimes you, you, you know, we use these words, light and understanding. Well, what does it mean, light and understanding? It's the understanding of Christ revealed in your heart by the Spirit of the living God. And you coming to possess that by faith. As that word is revealed, you begin to walk in it. That's what Abraham did. Abraham just didn't, you know, you know uh, sometimes uh, we, we talk about faith. And, and Abraham believed God. But God interacted with Abraham in order for Abraham to believe God. So Abraham believed God in the basis of how God interacted with him. And what Christians, and, I, and I've been guilty as I can be of this statement I'm getting ready to make, we went out and tried to interact with God in faith according to our own wishes. And that's what... That's what the Apostle James said, says, no, 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 no. Right? No, 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 no. See, see, see the operation of faith is, you know, and again, this is light and understanding to get a hold of this. The operation of faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. It's, it's our hearts and minds attaining if I use the word attaining or understanding, comprehending may be a better word. I think that's what Paul used was that I might comprehend 
that which I am apprehended for. Well, first off, to comprehend something that you're apprehended for, you got to know you're apprehended. All right, you you've got you've got to come to a conclusion that he's apprehended me. He's got me. Jesus has received me to Himself, and and you cross that bridge in your heart that He actually received me to Himself. Now to comprehend or possess that that he's received me for. And how I possess that that he's received me for is through comprehension. And comprehension comes through light of him. And I believe we can say we possess that by faith. So we receive what God gives us in Christ by faith. Now it comes out of him. We receive it and we walk it. So we begin to understand it, comprehend it, and it becomes real in our hearts. But it's becoming real in our hearts, not to just stay in our hearts. It's becoming real in our hearts to express. That's what we're doing in these meetings. We're expressing it one to another to be built up in the most holy faith to be built up in, in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. That's what these meetings are serving as. That's what all meetings should serve as, is an opportunity to come together and be built up in him. Because that's the purpose of ministry. Paul writes that. The purpose of ministry is to build up one another. Amen? In the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're doing. So we're coming to the light and understanding of him. And, and see, seeing the simplicity of the light and understanding of him again is you're the body, you're a member, you're the, we are the body of Christ. Well, that's light and understanding of him. I don't know I'm the body of Christ without Christ. I might read it in the Bible, but I sure in the world don't know what that means. Right? I read the Bible says, well, I'm the body of Christ. Okay. Well, what does that, what does that entail? What's, what's, what's the understanding of that? See, someone say that's light. And that's what, what was veiled away from Israel was light and understanding of the relationship of God in Christ. The truth is this isn't veiled away from us. He rent the veil. And he gave us access to live in this place, this relationship, because he's the life we live in. We dwell in that of him that's made real to you and I. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And that's salvation. That's what being saved is about is yes, it's freedom from sin, but it's so much more than that. It's the abundance of who he is. Abundant life. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And how we see the life that we have is light, understanding 
of the mystery of Christ that was hid. What was what was the Ark of the Covenant? It was hid. What do you think that spoke of? A hidden ark that was hid from Israel. The, the, the face of it, Israel couldn't go in and see. What, what do you think that meant? It, it had to mean the Lord Jesus Christ. It had to mean the relationship we're in now. Why do you think they had to bear the ark to come across the Jordan and enter into the, the promised land of God? Because it was speaking, the only way they're going to enter in there is to behold the ark of the covenant of the Lord, which is speaking of the relationship we have in Christ Jesus the Lord. We couldn't possess it but by seeing him. See, they couldn't, in type and shadow, possess the land without the ark, right? So they went across the Jordan in view of the ark. Because there's no other way to possess the promises of God. And that's the same with you and I. We can't possess the promises of God. We can read them in the Bible. And we can say these are our promises, but I can't possess them. But by beholding the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the very divine presence of God, which is, which is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. And there in that ark, in that holy of holies, and I believe this with my heart, is the picture of the church being changed from glory to glory in the same image as they behold the glory of the Lord. Amen. Because they're looking at the appearing of the glory of the Lord. And that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3 and 4. We behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord and are changed. So if I don't behold in a glass the glory of the Lord, I'm probably not going to get changed, am I? <laughs> no. And that's, and that's this whole business, I believe, in our Bibles about the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it's in his appearing in you and I that we're transformed. Not his natural appearing because the natural appearing never transformed Peter. What transformed Peter was when he came back by the Spirit of God and got in Peter and Peter began to see the Christ by the Spirit of God and it began to change and transform his heart. And this is what God is doing with us. And so you have, you have in one sense, the atonement, you enter into the presence of God in the atonement of Christ, and then you come right on over into the Feast of Tabernacles where all these things of Christ are being gathered up in us. Do you see that? All this of him is being gathered up. Because that's what's gathered up in us is his righteousness. 
his holiness, his divine person. Because otherwise I can't understand what right standing with God is unless I understand him. Because I'll try to measure that by myself. And that's that's went on in Christianity for too long. Christians, according to the denomination, try to measure out what righteousness with God is. And they try to measure that out by themselves. You know, I, I, I put on a certain kind of shirt, now I'm righteous. <laughs> and, and, and what does that do to the heart? It creates division because you have one group saying this is righteousness, another group is saying that's righteousness, and you have all this division in the earth from the church. You don't have to go to the world to find division. You just go to believers, and they're divided one from another because all these teachings are other than Christ, because the unifying message that brings us all together is the knowledge of the Son of God. And that's what Paul said, that we come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God. So what the unity is, is the knowledge of him, the light of him, the understanding of him. There's where we're unified. There's where we're made one. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We can try to be made one, calling ourselves Pentecostal holiness or Baptist or whatever, and it just won't work. Because it wasn't designed to work. It was designed from the heart of God that we would be one. We were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. So God had to bring his choosing into the earth. And, and that's, the uh, again, the type and shadow of, uh, of uh, Ishmael and Isaac. Esau and Jacob is his showing the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, that this is the one, this is who you're born in. You're not born again in the old man, but you've been birthed in Christ to grow up in him in all things. And so, so this picture is all through the scripture, but, but the picture that was all through the old covenant is now to be realized in you and I. So we're not living in the picture of it. I mean, we go back and look at the pictures. I, I look at the pictures often, but our life is not in the picture of it. Our life is in the substance of the reality of him. Because we're not looking of a, of, of a picture of a chosen people that was brought out by God as the natural Israelites, we're in the substance of a people that has been born of the Spirit of God, growing up into the person of God himself, who is Christ. So it's not a picture, a type, and a shadow. It's a reality. The reality of the new birth is a people of God that God himself inhabits. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God to grow up in him in all things. Now, now, like I said, I go back and look at the picture because in the picture I see the picture like a painting 
of what's now real in Christ. So I'm all for going and looking at the pictures, but to see the pictures of what's real in him. But we're living in the light of him. The understanding of the Lord Jesus himself. My Lord, God, what transformation is among us. To be changed into the same image I'm going in here. The express image of God. God in expression. Think of that. I don't think he ever called Adam the express image. But Christ is called God in expression. The word was made flesh. And we're changed into the same image. Conformed to the image of his son. Transformed to the image of his son. Not to the world. Renewed in a the spirit of our minds, unto him we have the mind of Christ. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. What light we have come to. What an understanding. What a glorious reality. God is shining in our heart. Because he's shining this right in our heart. He's shining in us in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, I'll stop right there and I'll call on uh, brother, brother Jimmy Lewis and we'll stop right